You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a podcast all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. It is so great to have you here. I am sitting in a VRBO, or a vacation rental by owner, Uh, so I don't know how the sound quality is going to be on the intro, uh, just because the room that I am in is a lot larger, I guess, or it has more of an echo than the room that I used to record in, but if you have been following me on Instagram, you might know that I have moved, and my husband and I are now in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is just about three hours away from our old home, which was in the Charleston, South Carolina area, Um, but we are in a VRBO at the moment because our house, which we finally closed on, um, the floors are getting redone. So we are having to stay in a rental for a little bit while they are working on that. Uh, The cats are adjusting. Um, I will say that we have some upstairs neighbors who are vacationing uh, for a week. We were hopeful that it was just the weekend, but they're here basically the entire time we are. And they are really loud. Uh, It sounds like they're not home. So that's good. Otherwise, you would probably be able to hear them in the background. Uh, They have two really gigantic dogs that I think weigh as much as I do. And uh, it's been quite an experience. Um, We are looking forward to being out of here, obviously, and being in our new house. So bear with me, obviously, Uh, you know, the last couple weeks or a couple months of my life, along with everybody else, um, but for different reasons, obviously, or multiple reasons, things have just been crazy, right? Uh, with the state of the world, and then for me, trying to move to a new city and buy a house, you know, while I was in a different city, uh, was really really crazy. And I am finally coming out on the other side. I will say that I was really stressed out trying not to be. Um, but I realize now, I mean, I feel like a weight has lifted and I, I feel healthier already. Like it's amazing how detrimental stress is on our bodies and especially chronic stress, which is the type that is constant. It doesn't go away. Um, but making sure that you are trying your best to alleviate the stress, um, is of course of the utmost importance. So I am really happy that that is behind me and I can now focus, uh, on getting my house in order and getting my office set up and my kitchen and I'm going to grow a garden and I hope to grow a large percentage of my food there uh, and to have control and be more self-sufficient is really exciting to me. But enough of that. That is just a little background of what's been happening with me. Uh, 
so we're just going to jump right in to the podcast today. I am really excited about today's guest, as I always am, uh, because I feel like I always have on some really inspiring people. And today is Katie from Holistically Humble. She and I connected through Instagram. Uh, it was one of those magical things. I feel like I've connected with such awesome people through through the internet, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but she has an amazing story of overcoming rheumatoid arthritis. She was just 13 when she was diagnosed, and at one point, a doctor told her that by the time she was 30, she would be in a wheelchair, which was, of course, extremely frightening. But she did do the modern medicine route for many years. She tried different pharmaceuticals. She even took one that is normally prescribed to cancer patients. At some point, she started researching about others who had healed themselves. Then she had a friend who took a holistic health program and had healed herself from an autoimmune disease. So she said, why can't I? So long story short, of course, we're going to get into all the details of that. But we also discussed tiny living. She and her partner live on Vancouver Island and they live tiny. So we talk about the ins and outs of tiny living, uh, how and why she decided to do that and live that type of lifestyle. She gives us some tips on how we could try to live tiny, even if we don't want to live in a super small house, decluttering and getting rid of all these stuff in our lives is for sure beneficial. We also discuss stress management. Katie found yoga and meditation, both of which have helped her heal, not just her body, but her mind as well. And we discuss the importance of connecting with your breath and moving at the same time. It's a really compelling interview. Uh, she has an amazing story and has been through so much but has come out on the other side and is such an inspiration to all of us. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely Katie of Holistically Humble. Hi, Katie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for uh, coming on. I guess I should say good morning to you because you are in Vancouver and it's 9 a.m. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Good morning from BC. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you from? Are you from there? Yes, I am. Nice. I'm actually on the island, so it's called Vancouver Island. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Different. Sorry, totally different, right? <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was there um, a couple years ago, actually. One of my best friends, her, well, he's her husband now, but he was her boyfriend. Um, he is from, I don't know if he's from Vancouver Island or Vancouver. Actually, I should ask. Um, but he's mm -hmm. from, He's. they were living in Vancouver. Uh, and my husband and I went and visited and it was amazing. I mean, I don't know why Vancouver was not on my radar before, but it's an awesome city and just area, it's the whole area. Beautiful. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know Vancouver though. Cause that's where I took the, uh, Canadian school of natural nutrition program. Yes. And I saw that and I actually did their intro program. 
Yes. <laughs> online. She, yeah, online. Yeah, online. Yeah. Which, that's yep. why I ended up just doing the intro because, so you were probably going to class like, like in the city. Yeah. In class sessions. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I visited, I visited there, um, before, like, so I went with my friend, obviously she had, I don't think she had completed it yet. She was still, she was maybe at the end of the program, but anyways, we went and took a tour and, and everything. Um, but obviously I live on the other side of uh, the continent. <laughs> so I did their intro program, which was amazing, but it is harder to do, you know, online. Um, but of course, yeah. But I think, I, I think their program is amazing. Like everything that they, that they teach is, you know, right on, on par with, with what I believe and obviously what you believe too. So <laughs> I know, great. I know it, it blew my mind. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, so we'll just jump right in and I will start by asking, which I asked to many of my guests, um, you know, what their origin story is, which somebody had joked that it sounds like you're a, like a Marvel superhero or something, but I kind of think you are, <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so, yeah, so how did it, how, how did you get into holistic nutrition. Why? I know a little bit about your background story, but for those who don't, um, how did it all begin? I guess. Yeah. So, um, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune condition when I was actually 13 years old. And at the time the diagnosis was juvenile idiopathic arthritis, rheumatoid factor positive. And I now know that to mean essentially young arthritis and we're not sure why you have it idiopathic. Um, so I just went on the full Western route of medications. I went and saw a specialist. Luckily, I was able to get in right away. And because I was in so much pain and inflammation mm. before getting the actual diagnosis, when I saw the specialist and he gave me medications such as prednisone, which is a really mm. strong medication, um, I started feeling better right away. Mm -hmm. I just continued on taking all of the Western medications and I started feeling better. I mean, my joints were a little bit still sore and swollen. I guess for those who might not know, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune condition that affects your joints. Mm -hmm. So my joints were super swollen and inflamed. For instance, I couldn't hold a toothbrush. Oh I couldn't gosh. open door, door handles. Yeah. Car doors. And at 13 years old, I couldn't even um, dress myself because, you know, if my shoulders, yeah. So it was really traumatizing for me, but um, I was able to go on the Western medications and continue essentially quote unquote, a normal life. Mm. And I just continued doing that. I didn't actually look at anything else, meaning diet, lifestyle, any like stress levels or anything else. So I just continued on. I was still able to play sports, which was very important to me because the original doctor told me I wouldn't be able to play sports anymore. And then I continued on. So it was until my fourth year of university where I was feeling very tired, like very tired. I couldn't even like, for example, unload a dishwasher. And I went to the doctor and just my general practitioner and 
she said that I have pneumonia. So she prescribed me penicillin. At that time, I was taking a medication for arthritis called methotrexate. It's actually prescribed for cancer patients as well. Mm. And you're not supposed to take those two together. So I started having a reaction and that reaction was losing hair. That was devastating for me. Mm. So I started researching. I started researching. There has to be another way. There has to be something else out there that I can do instead of just allow what's happening to happen. So that's when I found holistic nutrition. And I'm so grateful I did. I had a girlfriend who completed that program from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And she cured herself of Crohn's disease, healed herself. So yeah, super inspiring and motivating. So I just was like, all right, let's do this. I had no idea even what holistic meant, but I knew that if other people could do it, then uh, why not try it? So I moved over from Vancouver Island to Vancouver and took the program and I graduated in 2014. And like I earlier said, it blew my mind. Like I was just learning so much beneficial information and I was just like a sponge, like Mm -hmm. just soaking it all in and then practicing everything that I was learning. So I like it it's now just a part of me I absolutely love living a holistic lifestyle I eat plant-based whole food diet and it has helped me so much where I've been able to get off medications for a period of time Um, but stress really affects autoimmune conditions so it yeah so Doing stress management, such as yoga and meditation, has also helped me so much. So mm-hmm. that's essentially why I got into holistic nutrition and why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a similar, I guess, situation in that I I started doing the nutrition route first, I guess, because I had found online, of course, all these other people who had healed themselves. I had uh, ulcerative colitis and mm. which is, you know, similar to, to Crohn's. And actually my friend who did the program at Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, she had Crohn's and had, has had a lot of success, um, you know, doing holistic nutrition and mostly plant-based. But, uh, but I did, you know, I, Nutrition helped me to get to, a, you know, like a certain level, I guess, of success. And it was maybe like 90%. But then there was the, the part of the puzzle, which was the stress and the mindset and all that. That was the last bit that I had not considered as much. It's a lot easier to just say, oh, eat this and then you'll heal yourself. But there are other, yeah. obviously other factors. Like that would be great. That's just kind of like, oh, just take this pill and you'll be better. Like exactly. that would be wonderful. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's not how it works, unfortunately. Unfortunately, no, it's not. And yeah. yeah, it's exactly right with the, the, the mindset is a huge component to it that I wasn't aware of as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had, I mean, I don't know how you had felt about it, but, you know, I had, I had been sick for so long that, you know, I had had all these, well, I mean, there was some form of PTSD, you know, from all that. I mean, I'm sure you had that too, just the mm-hmm. trauma of you know, the experience of, of, and being, you know, quote unquote, like a sick person and not being able mm-hmm. to do, you know, normal quote unquote things. Um, and like not, I wouldn't say that I identified with it, but it, I was afraid that that was, you know, the life that I was going to have to, to live for the, like, what was the point too, you know, of just like, living. oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as a kid, I mean, I, 
I didn't get sick until uh, my late twenties, but I can't imagine as a as a young person, you know, being dealt this extremely like life altering you know diagnosis and situation, and then having to to deal with that along with like going to school and being a teenager. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely, and just like that identify identifying piece as a thirteen year old you just hear you have this diagnosis. And so that's now, unfortunately, my label. That's what I had. That's what I had to deal with. And taking, ripping that label off essentially was very hard, but I've just grown so much from it now. And I am now to the point where I can say I am grateful I got it because Mm. I wouldn't be where I am today. 100%. I didn't get it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the silver lining, you know, and then Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to help others because you know, having gone through what you've gone through is inspirational to other people who have either an autoimmune disease or rheumatoid arthritis or anything, you know, it's like, well, she's done it. So why can't I try it? You know? That's exactly. I love, I love to motivate and inspire others to know that they can make a change. Yeah. There can be other things out there. Yeah. And then there's just hope because I certainly felt hopeless on a lot of days. <laughs> oh my gosh. For years. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Years. Years of hopelessness. I know. Um, so I know like you, so as a kid, did you, did you have like kind of just the normal traditional diet as, as all of us have, I suppose? Um, yeah. 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 The sad diet. Yeah. Sad. American the- diet. <laughs> Yes, I completely did. Um, I, you know, we, I had what's called treat Friday and that was maybe going to like McDonald's and (laughs) getting treats. I laugh at it now, but, um, um, but for the most part, like if we were to eat at home, it could be like just potatoes and meat. And Mm -hmm. that was like the staple (laughs) of my diet essentially or craft dinner and hot dogs. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So looking back, I just think, oh, wow. My, my system was just slowly, slowly getting beat down, I guess. Mm -hmm. Did you have any stress? Any stress? Yeah. Like as a, when you were 13 and it was at its worst, I guess, uh, was there anything stressful happening or just being a 13 year old was stressful in itself, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. And yeah. So what happened was um, from my research now learning of how you can have an autoimmune condition is obviously a whole plethora of things. However, my parents divorced Mm, and that was very, yeah, that was very um, traumatic for me as a, Mm -hmm. it was, it was when I was 12 years old and then, So I started, yeah, I started getting symptoms, whereas like one, my left shoulder would be so extremely sore and painful for one day, 24 hours, and then it was completely gone. And then it moved to my right wrist. And then my right wrist felt almost like I broke it, like that just piercing, so severe pain. And then again, 24 hours gone. So it was uh, signs that my body was giving me that something was going to happen. And then it was like a a bomb went off. And then Mm -hmm. I got, when I first got diagnosed, it was that I had it in 54 of my joints. So like pretty much all over my body. Yeah. How did they, was there some type of scan they did for that or how did they find, yeah. 
Well, I did X. I got X-rays. Yes, and, an X-ray and then I can see the inflammation. I guess they can see. Yeah. Yes, so it was oh. incredible, and um, so we have very lots of jo- um, joints in our hands. So I had mm-hmm. it in every single joint in both of my hands, in both of my feet, in my knees, my wrists, my ankles, um, like everywhere. So wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. But that traumatic event for me was my my parents divorcing. Sure. So that's kind of, I guess, what was the last uh, that was, my yeah, system. it was like a, the tipping point, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was insane. Like now that I think back to that, I just think I was actually a pretty strong 13 year old. Super to- <laughs> strong to have dealt with that. Yeah. Yeah. And in exactly. some way, like Western medicine obviously like served uh, you know, it had a place for the time, for the time being, of course, um, yeah. when you were 13, cause to have told a 13 year old, like you need to drastically change your diet. And I mean, <laughs> it's a lot harder, especially if Absolutely. your family is not eating that way, you know? Um, I mean, if yes. the whole family changes over it, then that makes it a lot easier, but that's, you know, that's a hard, well, yeah, yeah thir- 13 years of eating a specific way from the way my parents ate and however old they were at the time mm-hmm. of eating that specific way. And that's all I knew. That's all they knew. So yeah. it, it can be hard for people to change. Yeah, the, uh, the family dynamic, definitely, if you have to change the diet, would be pretty hard. Does Has uh, your family changed, do you think, since you know you've gone down this path now? Have they changed your diet a little bit? Absolutely. Great. That's awesome. Yes. I'm yeah. so grateful to say that. Yep. Yeah. Most of Actually, mine has, but well, I wouldn't say most of them. A few have. <laughs> the rest <laughs> not so much. <laughs> you kind of just lead by example. Exactly. They see how we're doing. So hopefully yeah. they want to hop on there. Yeah. Yeah. I spent 4th of July holiday with some family and they do not eat the way I would like them to and think that it could help them. <laughs> uh, talk about like, you know, like craft dinners and like deli meat, uh, hot dogs, you know, all that. I mean, literally sad. Like they don't realize yep. that it's sad, but <laughs> I'm like, this is so sad. Literally, I figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. Uh, you have to... I've learned, especially from the holistic nutrition program, that you just plant the seeds, slowly plant totally. the seeds, and let that let that grow. Hopefully, it does grow. Sometimes, some people will never come around, you know. And I have accepted that more, I think, now than I did at the beginning, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just leading by example—it's the best. That's the best thing to do. Um, yeah. So on a. D- different crazy subject to me it's crazy um although i do look at a lot of youtube videos on tiny living um you live tiny is that as you say um yes so how long have you been living tiny (laughs) yes um it's coming up to three years now wow yeah we so same thing before we actually made the move we watched a whole bunch of videos and researched a lot about it and we're just very intrigued. So we're the type of people, me and my partner, um, who 
just go for things. So yeah. it was something that we were like, well, why not? Why not? Why not do this? So we downsized. We lived in a 1500 square foot home, sold it, sold everything in it, and then moved tiny. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're like yes. living my my alternate ego because I would love like literally we watch I think it's called like tiny house tiny house tiny, yeah. tiny living or something yeah so we watch that guy is he Australian or New Zealand or something I can't remember um, yes yeah and he goes around all over the world showcasing all these amazing tiny houses and my husband and I watch those all the time um, <laughs> and there's a lot of them on in Vancouver I on Vancouver Island I feel like or that area there's yeah. a lot in British Columbia I think um I don't know People if that's just like the weather changing. or, yeah. I and think it's, so it's more so the, yeah, it's magical. <laughs> the, the simple lifestyle, uh, it's, um, it's so calming. I, I just, I don't know how else to explain it another than you don't have to spend your whole entire day cleaning your big house. Mm -hmm. You can take 20 minutes and clean your whole entire house and then go out and explore nature. And we also have a boat. So I'm very grateful oh, for that nice. as well. Because yeah. living on the island, we can go and explore all of the amazing, cool places around it. And so, yeah, spending more time in nature and exploring it out on the boat. And mm -hmm. it's it, it gives room for doing other things, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And connecting back to nature, which we've all gotten so disconnected from. Uh, yes, sort of on purpose. I feel like I don't know. It's just, especially in you know how America is probably with you know bigger houses, bigger cars, bigger like everything is just bigger. You know, mm -hmm. and I live in the South, which is even more, I mean the big trucks over here. I don't know what, and these people don't even need a truck. Half of them, their their trucks are spotless. There's like literally nothing they're doing that requires you know a giant truck. <laughs> yes, and just yes. Go, I guess I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I know, but yeah, I, I, uh, I love the idea of living tiny or living in some magical, you know, oasis of just like in the middle of nature. And so yes. like, how far away are y'all from, you know, like grocery stores and things like that? Or do you like grow your own food or like what, how do y'all, well, we have, yeah, we're on, yeah, we're on property. So we're not, we're not really far. I would say like a 15 minute drive to a grocery store. So it's oh, not, it's, not it's nothing crazy. Yeah. No. Um, but just to be surrounded by nature most of the time. But our goal is to, there's a bunch of um, smaller islands around where I live. Mm -hmm. And some of them are completely off grid, which is more intriguing to us so that we would mm -hmm. need solar for our power and maybe collect rainwater. It rains a lot here yeah, in BC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that when I was there. <laughs> yes, exactly. So going even in even more off grid would be like our goal in wow. in this. And then I would love to, yeah, be self-sustainable. So growing our yes. own food. But yeah, right now we do have a, a a little garden, I'll call it, where we grow some of our food, definitely. And mm -hmm. I'm learning as I go. I would say this is my fourth year growing my own garden and it's oh. amazing. Oh my gosh. So that yes. is my goal in the next few months because we are moving and I'm going to have more space for a garden. And that is like first priority is to start planning. And I mean, I would ideally love to get, you know, I don't know, a large percentage of our plants 
that we eat from my garden, you know? I mean, that would just oh be my so gosh. fulfilling. <laughs> so fulfilling, yeah. so nutritious, so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I've watched just like you, uh, many <laughs> documentaries. <laughs> yeah. And one of them is that it's very interesting how most houses have huge front lawns yes. and that it's just grass. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't we utilize that area to, to grow our own food? Or mm-hmm. why on the side of the streets can't we grow fruit trees? Mm-hmm. And they do that. In, yeah. In other countries and stuff I've seen, they're doing that. Yeah. Well, even in Vancouver, they, I mean, that was something that I was blown away about was a lot of people have front yard gardens just like right on the street. I mean, almost, you know, on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was everywhere in Vancouver. And then I came back here and I'm like, why does nobody have this? <laughs> I know. It's because it's just been that way for so long that no one changes it up. It's like yeah. just going through the motions. But yeah, it's uh, quite a big space that you could potentially grow a lot of food. And it's just grass. Like what, what are you rolling in the grass? Like nobody <laughs> even enjoys the grass. You're not doing cartwheels no. or something, you know? Like, exactly. Nobody's exactly. playing in it. Let's I, use that space. <laughs> yes. I totally agree. I mean, it would hmm. be better for drainage and, you know, like, I mean, everything it would be, it would be better for. Um, All the bees pollinate the, your food. Yeah. yeah help the yeah. bees out. <laughs> so what do you think your biggest challenge has been, you know, tiny living? Honestly, the the challenges would be that I can't even really think of challenges. Like mm. people think, nice. well, because the one thing that I would maybe say for some people would be obviously the space. So right. if you like your own space or maybe you, how is a nice way to say this, don't want to be around your significant <laughs> all the time, <laughs> then that might be challenge but for us it's yeah. it hasn't been a challenge so we we've completely adapted to it i i honestly i can't think of one significant challenge for me because we i said i needed a washer dryer that was, that was the main thing <laughs> like, i don't I know if do i could this. do it yeah as long as i don't have to wash my own clothes by hand thank you yes <laughs> Yes, or go to, to haul oh, everything no. to a laundromat or something like that. So that was the one thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the one thing that was a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got it. So um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like things like there's little tiny dishwashers and things you can get, but essentially I'm the dishwasher. So <laughs> I just throw in a, a podcast like this or yeah. an audio book and just plunk away at it. Go for it. Yeah. So like what tip would you give someone like if they were trying to live tiny or like wanted to go down that road? Definitely get used to saying goodbye to things in your life that maybe you don't want to let go of, such Mm -hmm. as clothing, kitchen items. Um, You need to go smaller in like your couch. Mm -hmm. You just need to be able to let go of things would be the number one thing that I would say because otherwise they pile up very quickly. And we get space. attached. Yeah. Yeah. And I yep. feel like we all get attached. I mean, I am certainly guilty of that, of getting attached. I mean, I don't know. I just do. I mean, I, I have way too much stuff in my house that is just sentimental or I keep it because, you know, 
X, Y, and Z yep. happened. And I had this when that happened. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I've done, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with A Course in Miracles. No. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, I'm blanking on the author right now, but essentially it's this book where you um, go along each day is a different thing. So it, it's a 365 day kind of thing. And the first few days of that is exactly what you said, taking a look at things in your life or in your space that mean something to you and questioning why they mean something to you and just really digging deeper on what that is that's making you hold on to some things. So that's just the first few few days of that and just realizing that they are items and things in front of you, but we have as humans attached that sentimental value or something to it in order to make you want to hold on to it. Mm. So I found that very mind-blowing at the very beginning. And I, it's still a work in progress, obviously. But just to, to start thinking more deeper about, like, why do I want to hold on to something? Mm-hmm. What, what will happen if I let go of it? For example, like, (laughs) yeah, you know, and I know that (laughs) exactly, but it's just hard. We have these attachments in our lives that just grasp us and hold on to it, but for what? Yeah, you know, part of my, I will admit that one of the reasons why I find it hard to get rid of certain things is because, okay, obviously, I donate, like, I'm there are lots of places to donate your goods, but then there's some items that, like, are not really donate worthy. So then they just end up in a landfill. And part of me is like, well, I guess it's just better to be in my closet than a landfill. Even though one day it's still going to end up in a landfill, it's just going to be maybe later, you know? Yep. Yep. I completely resonate with that for sure. Just because of the state of the world and just Mm -hmm. how much we can consume and then throw away is totally crazy. Yeah. So much waste. I, I'm, I, finished up with the podcast. I haven't put it out yet, but it's about plastic and it's basically just about waste. And I have become very passionate about waste in general. And I mean, and we have a waste problem. I don't know why people aren't talking about it even more, you know, and even with like coronavirus starting and then all these places who had banned plastic bags and then they're like, oh no, no plastic bags are back. You, that's safer. And I'm like, what? Seriously? Let me just bag my own stuff. Like, I don't understand. It's like, I'll just carry all of this out. I do that all the time. I'm like, I, I like, okay, I can put some in my purse right here and mm-hmm. carry this much. And I've actually yep. seen, there's like a video of somebody doing that. Oh, what is it? What? It was some show. Anyways, and he has on this big jacket and he's like, no, I don't need a bag. And so he starts stuffing it in his sleeves. He stuffs it in the like hoodie of his shirt. I mean, like everywhere, everything, little pocket that crevice that he has, he's like stuffing all of his groceries. And I'm like, yeah. that is me. <laughs> that is me too. I'll just be like, the, the, she's the cashier is like, do you want a bag? I'm like, nope. And she just looks at me like I'm crazy. I know. And also when it's like one, it's like one or two items and I'm like, why the heck would I need a bag for this? Are you freaking kidding me? Or like, it's a, I don't know. Yeah. Or something. Or can we talk about the plastic bags that you put the produce in? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, (laughs) I took a picture of this before. I like, I didn't want to shame the person, right? This is like a couple months ago, but Mm -hmm. I was at, I was at the health food store and 
I carry, I have like little eco-friendly bags, you know, they're like cotton or whatever. And yeah, we put my produce in and half the produce doesn't even need a darn bag. Hello. Like Mm -hmm. it's an orange. Why does it need a bag? But anyways, this lady walks past me and she literally, you couldn't even see, it was just like a bubble of plastic because she had so like maybe like 30 items of of vegetables and and fruits Mm -hmm. all in plastic bags. And I, I casually like ever, you know, like took a picture of her cart because I was like, this is incredible. Like what in the world is happening? You know? Yeah. And I've asked them, they're not, they're not biodegradable. And even if they were, you know, my argument is, well, how long does that take? Because, okay. Mm -hmm. Some of them say if it's made of cornstarch, some of them say like three months or whatever, but that's plenty of time for a little animal to get suffocated or to eat it and die. You know? I know. I know. It's, yeah, it's a just we're creatures of habit. So if you grew up with your parents putting your produce in a plastic bag, then you just do it. And I, before taking the program, the nutrition program and watching documentaries and doing my own research, I was guilty of it. Mm-hmm. But same thing like you just said, why why an orange? You're gonna you're not gonna eat the outside of an orange. Anyways, I know. <laughs> so yeah, why do you need to put it in a plastic bag? And most people rinse your your vegetables. Like, let's say you get spinach or something. You're going to rinse it anyways, aren't you? I mean, what's yeah. the difference? I know. I know. It's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. So I'm excited for that plastic one podcast yeah. to come out. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a, yeah, pl- plastic is, um, it's hard to get away from though, you know? I mean, even when you are actively trying to limit your plastic consumption. I mean, I'm still surrounded by it, you know, and if you buy like the all also with coronavirus, all the bulk section areas of the stores are closed, right? So normally I would get like all my cashews yep. or whatever from there. And now I have to buy them in a plastic bag and and well, what's going to happen to that plastic bag? It's not even recyclable, you know? I mean, even if it could recycle, which like recycling is its own problem, you know, that's only about 5% of plastics even get recycled um, Mm -hmm. and the rest ends up in a landfill. So uh, anyways, I could go on, but it is a dilemma. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is, you know? I know. I I don't know either because from there it goes into the clothing industry and, yes. and just so much more. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what the answer is either, but there has to be another way. Just like when you get diagnosed with a condition, you know, there has to be another way. Yeah. And there always is, I feel like, you know, it's just, and humans are, are, you know, um, very creative. So hopefully we can come up with some other method of, I don't know, wrapping all of our food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our I, clothes, I definitely yeah. hope so. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that you are into, which obviously we had, I think we touched a little bit about, you know, just in general, like holistic nutrition, which for those who, I think I've explained, most people probably know who are listening, what holistic nutrition is, but and just holistic in general, which is the mind, body, spirit aspect, which, like I said, we mm-hmm. talked about, um, you know, the stress and uh, exercise and all of these things that encompass being well and healing one's body. Um, so you also found yoga and meditation through your holistic journey. Did that come mm-hmm. about, had you already done yoga or did you just were like, I'm going to try this and then it resonated with you or... 
Actually, I, when I was doing my Bachelor of Arts, I majored in sport health and physical education. So for one of the courses, we had to take um, like physical education courses. So that could look like badminton, football, field hockey, whatever it was. And um, for whatever reason, I chose yoga for one of them. Mm -hmm. So I essentially did it. And I am, uh, I think like you, like a type A, I like to (laughs) drive really hard, go, go, go. I want to get the good grades, all of that stuff. And I obviously wanted to excel at yoga. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but I was actually able to play basketball at the university I attended. So yes. So I was very physically active. Thank you. And um, I thought, oh, yoga will be great. Like that, this will be awesome. And it rocked my mind. (laughs) I really quickly learned I am not flexible. And oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. So freaking hard. (laughs) So I took yoga one-on-one in college as well. This is another thing that we have in common because, and I thought it would be like an easy A and I got like a B plus. (laughs) I know. I know. It was, it it was so hard. And I just remember being like, I, I'm, I don't like this. I'm not going to do it after this course ends. And then, And then, unfortunately, I got a bad flare-up. So it was in my knees, both of my knees. And I couldn't be as physically active as I, as I once was. So I thought, okay, what, what else could I do here? And then I resorted back to going to yoga because my one girlfriend who healed herself of Crohn's said, you know, there's, there's yoga available and you don't have to be flexible, Katie. Like, mm-hmm. you just, just go and you can reap so many benefits from it. So I started going and the teacher that I really uh, resonated with, she knew that I had sore swollen knees and she was so amazing. She would make, she would make space for me at the back of the class. So I didn't feel awkward because I had to do poses differently, such as utilizing the wall um, for a modified downward facing dog and different poses. So that made me feel very comfortable. So she definitely was an inspiration for me. And then when I started feeling better, and my knees weren't swollen anymore, and I could do more poses, I started realizing that yoga is a connection to yourself. And it doesn't matter that I don't look like the perfect pose. So letting go of that type A, wanting to do everything right, Mm -hmm. and just connecting with my breath and my body. And since then, I have been going to yoga for about eight years. And I just recently graduated from my 200 hour yoga teacher training. So that was in April. Yes. Awesome. So I love it so much and I can't tell people enough how important it is to connect with your breath and move at the same time. It's like a, a different form of meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then letting go, like for you, letting go of the ego, which can all creep in for many of us. I know it creeps in even when I think it's not, <laughs> you know, it's still can mm-hmm. get in there like, oh, am I doing this right? Does it look good? Like, but yeah. it's not about how it looks, it's how it feels, you know? Yeah. And that everybody is different and that some person might have a shoulder injury or the other person's hips are uh, designed a different way, you know, yes. and they can't, you can't, 
physically, your body just anatomically won't let you get into that pose and to let that be okay. We're all unique and different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga was, uh, has been a big part of my healing as well. Um, but like I said, I mean, in college, when I did it the first time, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I also remember thinking I was really cool. Like I remember walking to class with my yoga mat and just like, there goes the ego, right? Like, yeah, I had like, I had like my iPod. It was like the first generation iPod, like yes, so long ago. Um, and just like beep up <laughs> into whatever postal service or some music like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then I got to be, I think that was because, I mean, learning all the words, because I thought, oh, I can just, you know, I can study a few, just a night before the exam and be fine. No, no, you can't. No, no, no you can't. Um, <laughs> but I didn't pick back yoga up until, uh, I mean, I did it kind of sporadically and then I got back into it because my, my husband actually, he was on the podcast early on because he had some really profound uh benefits of yoga. He had had all this back problems. He had, um, when he was younger, uh, it's called like Sherman's disease. It's some kind of spinal disease. And they actually told him the same similar thing as you, that he would be in a wheelchair, like by the time he Mm -hmm. was this old and, you know, just these horrible, horrible things like Mm -hmm. fear, so much fear. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. And he, he's perfectly fine now, you know, but in yoga was, one of the things, but he still had a lot of pain, I guess, in, you know, back pain. Like there were some days in college that he couldn't get out of bed, um, and couldn't go to class. Like he could, he could barely move. He also had a lot of sinus issues and yoga helped with that too. Um, but it's amazing like how all encompassing it can be like for all, for all ailments, you know, not just your mind, but also your body and your spirit. And, um, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> That's not a bad and thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And and the meditation component to that as well is is huge. Um, really calming down your mind and your thoughts and connecting with your breath is just huge. In our society, we're just so go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And just to to have that time in each day, preferably like minimum five minutes, who doesn't have five minutes to just sit and breathe deeply, connect with your breath is just really profound for me. Mm-hmm. What tip would you give someone? Like, so whenever I talk about meditation with some people, their response, which I'm sure you've heard this is, um, oh, I just can't shut my brain off. And I'm like, well, that's not really what it's about. You know, it's it's impossible to shut your brain off. That would mean you were completely dead. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, what do you say when people comment that? I, same thing is that <laughs> there's no there's no you there's no such thing as turning off your thoughts. It's just connecting to that you have those thoughts, maybe what those thoughts are. And I like the visualization. For me, I'm a visual person. So I personally like uh, taking your thoughts like as if they're floating by. So you're, you are just the aware, you're, you're the person being aware of the thoughts. And so you can let, let those thoughts come, but just not attaching, just let them come and just let them float by. Or if you like to visualize floating down a river or whatever it may be, or if you have to focus on something, just count, count to 
10 and then count to 10 again and then mm-hmm. to 10 again just to focus those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Or like a mantra or like saying something over and over. Yes. I yeah. love mantras. Yeah. It's kind of like you're the viewer, I suppose, you know, like you're just viewing them. You're like the, mm-hmm. in the audience, you know, watching them go by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that can be sh- shocking to some people. Yeah. Because they it might definitely have never, is. Yeah. They might have never thought of it that way before. Yeah. I've definitely fallen off the wagon. I will admit it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have been... I've gone through stages where I meditate more often than, than, uh, than not. But lately I just, I don't know with the whole state of the world I found, which I need it more now. And mm-hmm. now I've found it harder to do that. You know, um, I don't know why that, why that is. Um, don't you find that so funny in, in all aspects of health, I, I feel it's goes, it, it's the thing that goes first when we're feeling mm-hmm. stressed. Totally. Which is what we yeah. need the most. Yeah. Exactly. I, I am guilty of it too. I feel like, yeah, we all are in some aspect, but, but it's just interesting. So I was, you know, feeling a bit stressed out with what was going on in the world back in, I guess, end of March. Mm-hmm. So I, my, my partner actually helped me with this of setting up a routine of waking up early and going for a, either a walk or a run. And it's mm-hmm. now become a run every morning just mm-hmm. because that that helps for me and my stress levels. And I find even doing that, either if it's running or walking, can be a form of meditation. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that you sit still, mm-hmm. that you could do it while you're walking, preferably in nature. And like you said, just saying that um, mantra or a positive affirmation over, over, over and over again, it can be as simple as I am loved or I am healthy or I am abundant, whatever it is. And you can do that while you're walking or like I like to do it in my garden. I love doing it in my garden. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect place to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the new place. The place that we're moving now is going to be, I'm going to be in a better situation. As far as like nature goes, it's going to be, you know, and just going outside and walking. I mean, I'm not really in a place where I like to, I don't know. It's just not as enjoyable as some, you know, some places are, it's easier to just walk out your door and go for a walk. And I don't know, I just don't yeah. enjoy it here. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited. I think it's just, yeah, I'm not really, the state of the world has not gotten to me as much as, well, in March, yeah, it was because it was more unknown of what the heck was happening. And now I'm just mm-hmm. more on the other side of, I don't know. Can this just be over now? (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. And I guess a lot of people do, but um, I don't know. It's almost more, it's better to like live in your bubble now, you know, and like have your little magical place, your magical tiny home or your magical garden that you can just like escape to, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And, And some people don't have that. And I feel like hopefully, you know, there's a lot of silver linings with what's happened i feel like hopefully for some people um that they are recognizing what serves them and what doesn't and that the way our planet our society was living was not healthy for 
you know, for us or the planet. I mean, obviously I live in a bubble and the people I surround myself with (laughs) feel this way. So maybe other people don't notice that, but I'm hopeful, right? Well, I hope so. Yes, I definitely hope so. I, I see that, you know, on social media and other things like go back to normal. Maybe we got to change up what the normal was. It has to be different. And hopefully for some people that is gaining a better understanding of themselves and getting back to eating healthy or starting eating healthy for the first time or meditating or exercising, whatever it is, or just doing something you love in general, because in our society before just going so fast paced, maybe you've always wanted to learn to play the guitar or knit or whatever it is. And maybe Mm -hmm. now this gave you the opportunity to do that. Yes, absolutely. All these people have been making sourdough bread or something. I see all these jokes about that. (laughs) I I did too. I made sauerkraut. Did you make sourdough bread? I did not, but I saw so many people (laughs) on social media doing that. I was about to be like, what? I want to make sourdough bread, but gluten-free, of course. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I actually follow um, this this, uh, I found it from my friend, actually, she is celiac. So she started following these people. I think if there's celiac in the, their Instagram name, oh. the, the real celiacs or something like that. Oh. And they, they teach you how to uh, do a starter for gluten-free <gasps> sourdough bread. So I can what? send it to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Send that to me because that is my next thing. So I, I make kombucha and I did make sauerkraut like a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, my next step is, is sourdough bread. Duh. Like, honestly. yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Have you ever had, so it's different than ginger beer, fermented ginger ale? Uh, no, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. So I used to make it and sell it at a market here <gasps> on Vancouver Island. And it's so, it's, I love kombucha. Don't get me wrong. Some people don't like the more so vinegary kind of taste of the kombucha. So that fermented ginger ale is uh, an awesome alternative to not having that sort of vinegary taste. Oh my gosh. So how do you make it? You make it. So you do what's called a ginger bug. Ginger bug. And yeah. So cute. (laughs) Bug pet. So yeah, it's essentially just filtered water cane sugar and ginger and you cut up the ginger and then um like with specific measurements and then you feed that ginger bug every day so you leave that out on your counter and you give it a stir with a not uh, like a wooden spoon so not a metal spoon and then you feed it so you feed it a little bit of sugar and a little bit of ginger every day and then you'll start seeing <laughs> the so cute. So it's like, it is it's like the equivalent of a, a scoby like yeah 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 you're, you're making the starter. So um, yeah. And then you just feed it and you'll see it start to bubble up like a little bubble start forming. And then you use um, a little portion of that ginger bug to actually make your ginger ale, which in there is molasses, cane mm-hmm. sugar, water, lots of more, like lots of ginger. Oh my and gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so good. This sounds amazing. So, and it's bubble, it's like for, it's bubbly, like a kombucha yep. or something? What? Exactly. I know. Oh my gosh. Do you still make that? I do personally. I don't yeah, sell it at markets it. anymore. Yeah. Oh but I make it personally and I love it. Oh my gosh. So you need much. to do a video on how to make that girl. I need to, I need to know. <laughs> Good idea. I need to, yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. I will do that. 
it sounds relatively simple. I mean, this is the thing about kombucha. I don't think kombucha is hard to make. People see, seem very intimidated about it. And I felt that way about sauerkraut. I was like, oh, am I going to mess it up? And then I made it. And yeah. I was like, that was literally the easiest thing I've ever done. That was easier than kombucha. Like so simple <laughs> and so delicious, you know, but that so sounds delicious. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's a game changer. Wow, this is this is okay. So now I have to make sourdough bread and fermented ginger ale. So I have two yes. things on my list. <laughs> yes, I can't speak to how easy or hard the sourdough will be, but <laughs> right, yeah, it's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, the sourdough probably will be a little bit more difficult, but yeah, it'll be worth it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad we got it all scheduled and uh, could chat. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. So what is on the horizon for you? I know, uh, I think you're doing yoga classes online or tell us about that. Yes. So I teach yoga online uh, via Zoom Mm -hmm. every Wednesday. So I'm on the West Coast over here. So it's the Pacific Standard Time. So 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. And it's an hour class. And the type of yoga is Hatha yoga. So it's a, a not so much of like a strong power, fast pace. It's a little bit more slower, but you can have that a lot of heat build up in there as well. So you, you can sweat and then uh, do nice juicy stretches as well. So yeah, I teach twice a week, but same day on Wednesday. Currently, I am going to also put out more YouTube videos for my channel, which is Holistically Humble. And I'll be putting on some uh, yoga videos on there as well. And I should say that I do have a 14-day meditation challenge on my YouTube channel as well. So that's completely free. And each day for 14 days, I just set a purpose for that meditation. So it ranges from you know, positive energy to receiving, to full body relaxation, um, being aware of your sensations and, and so on. So I have that as well available on my YouTube channel. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and your Instagram is at holistically humble, correct? It is. Yeah. It is. Yes. Awesome. I'm also super soon coming out with my first ebook. So that'll Ooh. be very exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> Yes. Awesome. Cool. Well, I look forward to all of those things and hopefully maybe doing your 14 day meditation challenge. That would be a good way for me to, to get back on the meditation wagon. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So they range from about 16 minutes to 15 minutes and I just gently guide you through the meditation and it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it so much easier for people who are you know, not new or th- that are new to meditation. I think having guided meditations is super helpful. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okie doke. Well, uh, again, thanks for coming on and thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Until next time, peace and plants. Seriously, what an inspiration. Katie is so inspiring and amazing. And just her voice is so calming and peaceful, which brings me peace. And I feel inspired. I feel inspired to live tinier, at least to try to minimize the 
you know, things in my life because we all have too much of that that is, that not only clutters our houses, but clutters our minds, right? Uh, I'm inspired to do more yoga and meditation, which I am always working on and trying to incorporate that more and more into my life because I know how beneficial it is and it has helped me to heal. And then also her story of healing her rheumatoid arthritis, you know, um, again, it's just a perfect example of the power of, you know, plants and nutrition and of course, feeding the body with nourishment, uh, from the mind and soul, right? So not just the food we're eating, but it's everything. And that is the holistic lifestyle. It is looking at the body as a whole and recognizing that everything is connected. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. I absolutely adored chatting with her and be sure to follow her on Instagram as well as her YouTube and check out her website. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Refined Hippie. You can sign up for my newsletter on my website, therefinedhippie.com. And as I say always, if you have enjoyed this episode and are enjoying this podcast, please, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your family and friends. This really helps with SEO and helps with other people finding this information. So until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants.